No, don't worry, gentle listener, you haven't got the wrong podcast. This is Starred Up with episode 52. Not the new 52, for that's uh, DC, and quite frankly, at Starred Up, we're not such big advocates of rape and dismemberment as DC Comics currently seems to be. So the new theme music is from the Nemesis the Warlock Combo 64 game. It's actually the loading and sort of uh, intro music from that by a very talented chap called Rob Hubbard. Uh, I've cut, lifted a chunk of it because both Ralph and I think it's fantastic and can listen to it on on a a near infinite loop. At the end of the episode is, I believe, the full unedited track to go through. Uh, But it's just, it's great. If you want to track down a lot of the older Commodore 64 music, it is available. Uh, One really good site to get it is Lemon64. But you can only use it in files called .sids, but there are ways to get it to MP3, hence how I managed to do it for our our credits. But as I say, it's fantastic and bizarre, and some of the, the music is amazing and very atmospheric. Some of it isn't. But uh, it's great, and again, it's all the 8-bit stuff just reminds us of our childhood, which a lot of, a lot of what we talk about in Stardub does seem to end up about that. New theme tune, new podcast. Same old members? Well, I'm Andy. To my side is... Not Ralph. Uh, just to let you know, nothing major, just real-life issues between both of us in terms of work and other things have meant it's been difficult to get our schedules to align for a little while. So uh, Ralph's going to be taking a little bit of a backseat for a couple of episodes, but he will be back. Uh, I haven't killed him and buried him under the patio for him beating me at the WWF Wrestling Challenge board game. No, no sir, and that's what I will say if the police ask. So, uh I'm not doing this on my own because well, that would be strange talking to a computer and not having anyone else around and I totally don't do that at all, ever. No, no, no I don't. So, who have I listed? Well, we have a wealth of friends of the Startup Podcast who will be coming on over the next coming episodes. So, but to start things off, I felt it would have to be uh, someone who's made a, a, an impact on the podcast, who's who we've talked at length, who's, who's been almost as we said, the third member. A silent member, if you will. So that's right. My first guest host is... Well, I'll actually let him introduce himself. Uh, So over to you. That's right, it's the silent member, Little Philip Ayers. Just in case anyone's actually thinking I'm I'm being mental, uh, well, or any more mental than I am, no, I am actually talking to myself for the purposes of the rest of this podcast. Uh, the real Phil will actually make his appearance. And for those of you who are Johnny Latecomers to the podcast, go back into the archives for a uh, start of 80.5 and you will hear the voice of Phil or perhaps this an actor that we may or may not have paid to claim to be Phil for the purposes of our podcast entertainment. I will let you, the general listener, decide. Now, as I said, so Ralph's not going to be with us for a couple of, couple of episodes, but that's not to say we won't feel his impact and he won't be involved in the shaping of the, of the podcast, as, as is right. It is, it is our, our thing. Uh, not Cosa Nostra, our thing, but just it's obviously it arose from Ralph's uh, crazy YouTube videos back in the day. So, Ralph, I asked Ralph for some suggestions for this podcast, and he said, uh, how about we make it a manimal uh centric episode and uh, we talk about the Manimal Annual which he kindly gifted to me uh, last year or also the Manimal uh, TV series talk move on to the second episode and in my email I of course said to Ralph that's a cracking idea and I'll do that however I know full well that Ralph's motivation for that was that he didn't want to watch any more Manimal and far be it from me to deprive Ralph of learning to love Manimal for all right thinking people 
do. And if you don't, you will yet, you just don't know it. Fantastic show. Yes, it only ran for eight episodes, but in all fairness, Coronation Street EastEnders have pumped out hundreds, thousands of episodes, and they're a mitigated shite. Uh, so I like to think of it as eight brief episodes of Awesome, also two, two recurrent in Nightman, and of course the fantastic Annual. Um, that pretty much accounts for all animal fiction. Uh, again, there'll be a nurse talk of a revival, but sadly uh, Simon McCorkendale is no longer with us, so he, he won't be party to that. Uh, of which I'm obviously saddened. Uh, and again, you can you can obviously hear the sobs right now of the silent member, who is equally devastated that uh, there will be no Manimal re- revival in the true sense. What we'll probably get is some horrible reboot, which I will still love, or at least profess to love, to really, really, really wind up Ralph. Because quite frankly, that's well, pretty much one of my main aims in life. So, what are we going to talk about uh, this episode? Well, we're going to talk about Lego. Now, I hear a few of you going, but, but you guys talk about usually obscure stuff, or at least uh, things that are bad. Lego's wonderful. Lego's great. It's fantastic. It's amazing. And you know what? You're all right. You are correct. Lego is all of these things. However, not everything that bears a Lego stamp is of, is of such great quality. Now, I'm a member of the Lego Club because it's every child and man-child should be. It's free. You get a magazine every couple of months, and they send you little freebies. Uh, currently on my desk, have a little uh, lenticular sticker that I can put on something. Uh, it has Lego Star Wars Yoda, and if you move it about, he wafts his lightsaber about, and a X-Wing comes in from the top to sort of close behind him. Fantastic stuff. It's crap. It's free, it's stickers and stuff, and it's all... Again, it's the kind of shit that is kids that was welded to all our school books or jotters and what have you and we would just stick to things much to the chagrin of our parents or the real owners of whatever it was we'd put our stickers to but in this month the, the latest magazine so say every two months sorry is we got a Lego Chima DVD now Lego Chima uh, is what some people have said is what has killed Thundercats uh, for those of you who listened to uh, a recent episode of Back to the 80s I was Kind enough, kindly asked to be a guest participant of. Uh, we'll hear Glenn, Jai, and I sort of talk about what really killed Thundercats, uh, which was bad planning, Bandai, and a bit of some, some poor, poor decisions regarding the storytelling. However, the toys being sort of the central fe- uh, reason for them dying. But Chimo's kind of looked about that, and it was kind of when we saw it, it's like, oh, well, Thundercats is going, we'll get something sort of Lego centric, which is kind of cool. Uh, so the Lego Chima stuff looks good, and this is not a knock on the toys, I should preface. Again, the, the Lego sets are fantastic. Your mileage may vary depending on what your tastes are, but I think we can all agree Lego generally give you a, a lot of stuff for the money that you pay. And there's always, stuff's always available, and there's generally quite a lot of sales, so if stuff is a bit pricey, wait and you'll usually get it and, and at a slightly more affordable price point for you. Uh, so, what I speak of with Lego Chima is the cartoon. Now, just a few weeks ago, I was at the New Burns Cave, uh, and Ralph and I uh, decided to partake of Chima. We were actually going to record a, a podcast and talk about it uh, as well. Uh, now, you got a DVD with a couple, the two two pilot episodes. Uh, now, in the interest of, of being honest and upfront, is Ralph and I did partake of a couple of beverages during it. We did uh, enjoy some uh, crack and spice rum. Other spice rums are available, however, that is the only spice rum where you can sit just as you're about to pour a drink for either yourself or your drinking companions and shout, Unleash the Kraken! 
which if you've ever seen uh, Clash of the Titans, the proper one, the one with the dead eyes of Harry Hamlin. There is only one set of eyes deader than Harry Hamlin's, and I speak of Monty Sop, a.k.a. Billy Gunn, who's a wrestler. But if you wish to know more, go onto YouTube, look at any Billy Gunn interview and look at his eyes. His face conveys emotion, but the eyes say nothing. It's a Patrick Bateman stare. But anyway, I digress. As so we had a couple of uh, spiced rums, as it were. Now, we weren't going to get boggled. But had we known about the quality of Chima, we probably would have put away a severe amount. This thing was awful. Now, there was two episodes, and I will say that we did not watch all of the second episode. We did stop, because it was so goddamn awful. Now, I'm struggling to remember it, in terms of, because there was nothing noteworthy that stuck out. No really good voice acting. Uh, the designs all look kind, kind of as you would expect, based on the Chima designs, which are, which are all right, but... That's not what you're watching it for. We kind of thought, oh, this could be cool. Uh, again, the Thundercats done right thing was in the back of our heads when we sat down to watch it. So thinking this could be just daft tosh fun. Again, the, the Lego Star Wars cartoons. I've not seen the second shot yet, but I do have the, the Padawan Menace. I, I did thoroughly enjoy. So I thought, well, the scope for this. I'm not. I haven't really watched Hero Factory or, or Ninjago, uh, any of that sort of stuff because it just doesn't really appeal to me, to be perfectly honest. But I thought, well, they've given me a Chima DVD be rude not to watch it. So what I'm going to do is, just so I, I can help, is for as an aid memoir, I have, uh, thanks to legowiki.com, a synopsis of the first episode. Uh, so I will read it to you. Uh, I'm not going to do it in an exciting voice. I'm just going to read it to you. The reason I can't do it in an exciting voice will become abundantly clear. Uh, I could let the silent member read it to you and you'd probably enjoy it more. But I suffered... And I'm well aware that part of the remit of Stardub is that we fall on the, pop, the, the hand grenades of pop culture so you don't have to. But I'm feeling a little bit cruel, and as my usual cruelty victim, Ralph, isn't here, you people out there will have to do it. Oh, no, 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 silent member. You would never be the victim of my cruelty that way. Uh, there will be revenge for you for nativity. Sorry, but you deserve it. No, it was that bad. Anyway... Episode 1, The Legend of Chima. The episode starts with Eris, who is the white female version of a little white eagly chap, so chap S, uh, being captured by Kragger's forces. He's kind of the, the lead crocodile in the toys. Uh, the image then cuts to Laval, who is the little lion-looking chap, who in his toy set has like a, a flag and a veil, and you thought, brilliant, I love this character, before I've seen a lick of footage on him. And literally within about... Oh, 30 seconds on the screen, the words this, aids, and is rearrange pretty much were being exchanged by myself and the good doctor. So, the image cuts to Laval looking for his harness. After getting distracted by a dummy, he then goes to the Chi Temple to receive his first taste of Chi. That innuendo was not worthy of you, silent member. However, right when he's about to put it in his harness, stop giggling, the crocodile wolf and raven forces attack. As explosions rock the temple, Laval's chi is knocked out of his hands. Cragger in disguise. Now this disguise is a gold... The equivalent of a domino face mask or a superhero. Or Superman putting on glasses and changing his hair to become Clark Kent. Uh, he steals Laval's chi orb as well as several other orbs from the pool. Lava chases Cragger on his speed orb. 
which is his vehicle, and that's a speedo, not speedo, which would be entirely horrible, uh, where it leads to a, sh- a showdown. Laval manages to defeat Cragger, but before he strikes the killing blow, he recognises Cragger. Now you get to an exciting flashback, where the show goes back in time to show when Cragger and Laval were still friends. It shows some scenes of all the animals playing a form of hide-and-seek, or hide-and-attack, as Cragger calls it. Oh, God, so amazing. Laval and Cragger sword fight and try to wake up Bladvix, who's a bear. Uh, he's not a lawyer, for that is lawyer bear. Uh, in a few minutes, Cragger asks Laval who his best friend is. Laval replies it's Cragger, saying nothing will ever get between them. Ominous foreshadowing. Cragger persuades Laval to sneak into the lion's temple cheapel. Cragger is amazed by the sight and asks Laval if he wants to know what it felt like to plug some chi. Seriously, silent member, that was just uncalled for. I hope no one's offended out there by that last remark. So Laval is shocked and adamantly tells Cragger not to do it. However, Cragger ignores him and puts an orb in his, in his chest. He goes completely berserk, even attacking Laval, throwing Bladvix into the air and shoving Gorzan and Wurz, two other characters, to the side, who eventually arrives at a large rock, starts running madly against it. Soon he's blasted by a pulse weapon from Lagravis, who's Laval's dad, and he admonishes, admonishes Laval and contacts Cragger's parents. Next scene opens when Crominus emerges from a pool yelling they did what. Crominus obviously is Cragger's dad. Obviously. Uh, the, the croc vehicles then power up and head to the Lion Temple. Soon Crominus gets into an argument with Lagravis about whose idea it was to sneak into the Lion Temple. Cragger then betrays Laval and tells Crunkett and Crominus... Crunkett's his ma. Uh, and Crominus it was all Laval's idea and Laval made him do it. Crominus then demands an apology and after receiving none he storms off saying he will never forget this. I did, I'm barely remembering it now. Uh, a few days later, Cragger is playing hide-and-seek with Wurrus. After Wurrus is found, he complains that the game is very boring. Cragger then tells him that he's not allowed to play with Laval anymore. Wurrus replies that Cragger was very bold to plug an orb and has one question. What was it like? Then they agree to go themselves. As Wurrus and Cragger run to the pool, Cragger is stopped by Lagravis and some, uh, some lion guards. As Wurrus flees, Cragger panics and attacks Lagravis, then escapes. Laval, who has shown up later on, says that Nobody attacks his dad and gets away with it. Laval pursues Cragger on his speedor and Cragger panics and sends up a croc flare, a war cry against the lions. Laval soon catches up to Cragger and Cragger apologises for the army he sent. Laval is shocked and Cragger goes to try to tell his parents to stop but ends up just hopping in their vehicle. As the battle commences, Crominus fires a croc grappling hook at Lagravis' royal fighter. As Lagravis tries to free his tank, Crominus' vehicle falls down a sinkhole and gets entangled with the royal fighter. Lagravis then tries to pull the croc vehicle out of the hole and actually is beginning to succeed when Cragger panics and cuts the rope and tries to free his parents himself. He then demands Laval for a chi orb and the strength to save his parents. Laval refuses and Crominus and Crunkett tumble down the sinkhole, not to the death they do actually survive. At the end of the episode, Crominus attempts to call Cragger but to no avail. The final words are, don't listen to your sister. That's episode one. We got a couple of seconds into episode two and just went... Snack that for a game of soldiers. Now, as boring as that synopsis was, it doesn't come close to how actually unengaging the cartoon is. It's CG, and I'm not going to go into the huge rant. Anyone who knows me knows I do have a preference for cell animation, but I kind of appreciate computer-generated animation when it's done done right. And there's actually nothing wrong with the quality of the animation. The blame for this can be laid entirely down to the quality of the story and the voice acting wasn't particularly bad but it wasn't particularly great I think 
Yes, you're right, Simon. Member. Like the Marvel uh, DVD movies, Avengers, uh, Ultimate Avengers and Ultimate Avengers 2 or whatever they're called, workmanlike but nothing else. And reading that, does anyone else get the feeling that she is just like alcohol and that's your parents go, no, 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 not until you're old enough. When you're old enough, we'll let you have some. And obviously, Craggers went, oh, no, I'm scooping a few wee beers. And obviously it's the equivalent. But it's just dull. It got it, it has the effect of, I don't necessarily now want to buy as many Chima toy, uh, toys as I might have done. Which, we all know cartoons based on toys are, are marketing gimmicks. It's kind of backfired in this one, at least as, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, the, that's right, Sam Ember. I also have a, a burgeoning Creo addiction as well. Uh, I do have the four Creo combiners sitting in front of me on open, ready to play with. Uh, I mean, assemble, uh, once I've uh, finished this podcast. Uh, but, again, the DVD was free, and it's quite a, a nice gesture. And will it work with kids? Probably it's bright, there's enough action, but obviously it, it just isn't particularly great. And it also suffers from, again... As you can tell from synopsis, the American writer disease, whereby they are unable to write anything that doesn't have conflict between the younger generation and parents in. I'm sorry, I'm sick, fed up of getting father issues rammed down my throat every time there's some kind of fiction going on. For fuck's sake, guys, sort it out. Other stories you can tell. And also, you're a world with bloody wolves and ravens and wolves and a sleepy bear fighting, for fuck's sake. All sorts of daft stuff you could come up with for that. I mean, and that's that's what it boils down to, is Lego's a toy of imagination. Yeah, we all get, whatever set you get, we will always build the, the thing just, I think more than anything else for a lot of us, it's just to prove you can do it. But once you've built it, maybe once, maybe twice, you then look at what, the, what your bricks and what your components are, and you're thinking, I'm going to take this and I'm going to build something else. I could use this and make a spaceship or some kind of death ray. Yeah, again, science fiction and, and weapons of death running through my head. Who would have thought? Andy thinks evil thoughts. But you get the idea. It's, it's a, the toy is about, basically, your imagination is, is the limits. And we all did, with Legos, like colours and what have you, it didn't matter. There was almost bizarre neon things that happened just because we had the right shaped bricks they might not have been the right colours for it. I'm sure most of us have built a Lego uh, Ark playset at some point for our Transformer toys in our youth, uh, or a Boulder Hill, or a Ghostbusters thing, or uh, Tower of Omens for Thundercats, you name it, Castle Castle Grayskull, or, or whatever, depending on your age. That's the sort of things you would do. So, so Lego is always about getting your imagination fired, and this cartoon just doesn't. It's got an exotic setting, and it does nothing with it all these wonderful character designs, and it really wouldn't matter. There's no... Aside from the ones that fly, there's there's no... No need for there to be anything else other than random, all the same type. It just... No, there's... It's a, a waste of a good premise. and I think that's probably what annoys me more than anything else. Again, obviously, the uh, subtle uh, hint about uh, kids don't do alcohol until your parents tell you it's all right. Uh, just runs through quite splendidly on it. And she is, it's just like, it gives them it, it hops them up, so it makes them hyper. Maybe it's blue skittles or e-numbers. But again, it's just, oh, and I speak for Ralph on this now. 
there's no way that we're going to watch it again. I mean, it's free, but I'm still not watching the second episode. The, the, because I didn't pay any money, the tight Scotsman in me, uh, or behave, silent member, we weren't meaning to go there that early. <sighs> I ask you. But because it's down to the tight Scotsman, because it's free, uh, I didn't pay for it, so I don't feel obligated to now watch it. But, basically, I do have a nice, uh, shiny coaster with, with a Chino design on it, which isn't all that bad. But as I said, just to, to bring things around to a more positive note regarding uh, Lego, is sign up for the Lego Club. Just go to lego.com slash club, sign up. It is free, you get the wee magazine, it's got a daffy comic strip and sometimes a little bit of an insight into it. And yeah, it is geared at, geared at kids, but you know what? It's, it's Lego and we're in our, well, speaking for myself, I'll be 36 soon enough. Uh, we're going to speak for the, for the male members of our, our audience. Gentlemen, we don't grow up, we just grow older. Toys are amazing. Uh, and there are occasionally wee vouchers and stuff that you get in, in them as well. But no, it's free. And that's the kind of thing is, they are chucking away the two episodes on DVD. And given that it's only aired on Car- Cartoon Network, and unlike our, our friends in America and abroad, and abroad is there is still not everyone has access to, while they may have multi-channel TV, might not have anything that, that carries the Cartoon Network, because that requires you to pay some money. So basically what they've done is basically given out, here you go, watch this, let's let's get, get the little blighters hooked. Uh, and it's a good idea, uh, it just didn't work for me, and again, it's not my thing, so I'll see again. But I mean, I'm sure someone will, someone will love it, but... We've done that so you don't have to watch it unless you feel particularly cruel to yourselves. I mean, there are worse things to to watch that you could watch. No, no, Silent Member, I wasn't going to have a dig at Destiny of the Daleks. I should explain the Silent Member's favourite story is Destiny of the Daleks. Uh, it's my least favourite Dalek story. And I'm sure I'm probably going to pay for this when the real Silent Member, and, uh, when the real Phil comes on the podcast... He'll probably shout at me for that. But, anyway, so that's Lego Chima, uh, the DVD. It's free. Uh, don't watch it. I'd like to apologise now that this episode of Startup is going to be a little bit shorter than normal. Dear Lord, no, I was not going to go into a lengthy tirade about length and girth and the like, Silent Member. That's just... Yeah, actually, I was, actually. You've just completely derailed a series of thinly veiled knob gags. Uh, but I digress. No, again, the joke is going to wear very, very thin, and it's very, very strange for me sitting here talking to thin air. Uh, I did try a, a glove puppet, but it was just creeping me out. So, I'm going to take our leave of you, uh, but because uh, we've kind of knackered our schedules a, a little bit, is I'll have the next proper episode the following week. And we will have a, a proper actual person with me, a, a different voice, uh, no, it won't be like Rev going, Hello, I am blood, I am your friend, and such like. Uh, it will be an actual person, not me trying to do that. Uh, <laughs> sorry, my brains are apparently dribbling out of my ears and arsehole by the sounds of things. So, uh, as I said, the, the head of the show is leave you at the end with the full length of Rob Hubbard's uh, Nemesis the Warlock theme. It's about five minutes, so it's fantastic. Now, if you want to track us down, uh, Ralph is at Stardubbing. Uh, I am at 
Andrew D. Turnbull. These are both Twitter handles, I should point out. You can catch me on Facebook. You can't catch Ralph on Facebook. He doesn't like it. Uh, we hang about on the internet primarily at uh, the TMUK Hub Forum at tmukhub.proboards.com. Uh, also at fullmetalhero.com and the Nerdsphere Network at nerdsphernetwork.madmoose.com, I believe. I'm not looking at it just now, so I may be slightly wrong for that, but I'll probably correct in the show notes. Uh, so you do have any comments, feedback, hit us up and do that. Uh, the silent member, the real silent member is, of course, at philip underscore Ayers, and he's on Twitter as well. Normal purveyor and tormentor of uh, the two of us. Uh, I had actually hoped to go over uh, one of his gifts during this podcast, but... I've left that with Ralph. Now, it could just be that these might be the reasons why he is not available for the podcast. Perhaps he's read this uh, six-strong gift that the real Philip Ayer sent to us. Uh, I shan't say any more, but uh, long-term listeners might be able to twig what we're talking about. And I'm sure Phil will be having a little bit of a chuckle to himself right now about what I'm talking about. You're a bad man, sir. A very bad man. So I'll take my leave of you, but as I said, because of delay, we'll be back uh, next week with a proper episode, uh, and we'll hopefully get back to our schedules after that with, uh, say, a couple of other uh, guest hosts, uh, up until Ralph is back in the uh, saddle again. Uh, so with that, it's uh, not the normal hurried goodbye, quite leisurely actually, so uh, I hope you're enjoying this, this podcast, and don't listen to it while operating heavy machinery. The reason I say that is because if you get to the the Chima bit while you're doing anything important, you will probably pass out while listening to the synopsis. You'd probably pass out while watching cartoons well, but that's a very mean-spirited of me. But hey, anyone who knows me knows I'm dead on the inside and deeply, deeply horrible. So with that, take care and I'll see you next week. Bye!